ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the world-famous Sex Actually podcast. You know it, you love it. It is the SAP, as always, your boy Dave Neal, coming to you live with Tasha Marie Courtney, TMC, the way to be. How are you today, Tasha Marie? Pretty good. Doing all right? Yeah. Hanging in there. Let's see if we can record this episode without uh, 17 helicopters buzzing around our building. It's a goddamn war zone out there, folks. What do you have to say about that? Boy, I'm I'm very emotionally overwhelmed, and I know that that's like a selfish thing to say because, uh, you know, being a little, what is it like, overly stimulated because of the helicopters and sirens and protests and everything. Like that's the point. That's the point, right? It's the point to make make noise. Make well, uh, uh, people. <laughs> Uh, there's so much to say, but like we should be uncomfortable. White people need to wake the fuck up. Like we are referring to the protests that are happening all over the country right now after the George Floyd murder. And um, yeah, as uh, as you mentioned, it's just been insane because, you know, yesterday I went to go walk the dog and uh, there is, uh, you know, the term privilege is it's, it, it hits you hard. It's like a you don't. No one wants to be told they're privileged. But that's the point. That's the point. And we. I was walking the dog yesterday, and one of the protests uh, marched by. Uh, we are in the center of Hollywood, and it was not not the car burning, not the nothing crazy, but peaceful, low level helicopters. So you have that martial law. You feel like you're in a Michael Bay movie, right? And then it, pretty peaceful, shouting, uh, a lot of love. It was overwhelming. Science, yeah, I started crying. Yeah, And I'm not trying to make this about me, but my experience, for those people, we have a lot of listeners abroad in England. We have people that are in more rural places where they might not get to see this. But what you get to see when you live in a city is you get, first of all, like when we lived in New York, I mean, you get diversity thrown on you. It is It, it would be very hard to stay a racist living in New York City. You know what I mean? Because you are bumping into... You're in the melting pot. You're people. surrounded by people that look differently than you act differently than you live differently than you but you are but but you understand that they are people just like you yes right we're all in this grind together we're all just out here trying to survive together and look it's okay it's okay to understand that there's been plenty of studies that show that you build empathy with people that look like you you're attracted in, in a lot of cases to people that look like you that aren't too far off and that's just familiar some, faces are considered more trustworthy so the key to building empathy with those that might not look like you is to find yourself in them to find the commonality. You know, I was thinking about this because you, you know very well the baseball team I play on. Our season was just officially canceled. <laughs> Not a big deal. My baseball team is the my most diverse group of men in our country. I mean, you've got probably 30% white, 30% black, and 30% Latino. I mean, it's a perfect, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. We have an all-black outfield. We got a couple little white pitchers. We got Latinos on the corner, and we make jokes about it. And we and we go we go and uh and and travel together to Arizona every fall. This year is probably canceled. And and you got black guys cooking. You got the Latino guys uh, trying to go to the club at night, getting laid. You got the white and everyone, but everyone fits within everyone's identity fits within the other groups. We're just slightly different, so, but we're all men 
sitting by the pool complaining because our wives and our girlfriends are mad that we're out. But exposure makes that possible. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Of course. Exposure makes that possible. And so I feel like, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in, in parts of the country that aren't all cramped on top of each other that don't ever get that exposure. Yeah, and, you know, that's and that's part of what's missing. And that's the all lives matter crew that like they mean well. People that say all but lives matter mean well, but you're all but, lives matter can't can't all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter, and all lives matter takes away from what our focus is at this moment, which is Black lives. Yeah, Black lives have been systematically undermined. Sure, right? it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing that we're not ignoring and and having it march by your your place is it's interesting i mean we live i mean you know both of our neighbors i mean it's it's you sound like a you sound like an apologist to even say it but our neighbors are black we we live with in, in such a, such an interracial building we have a trans lady who's been living here and it's 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 very it's very special where we live that we don't necessarily even think twice about it right have you do you ever think that we live next to an interracial couple and then a gay black guy across the hall and then a trans lady it's just it's just part of where we live but we both come from places in Kentucky and in Rhode Island that are pretty whitewashed maybe, Rhode Island maybe more so than Kentucky I, I don't know they're both pretty white and that's okay. It's okay that there's white communities. There's just old Irish communities where I come from. That's yeah, it. That's okay. But it's important. White people need to do the work of stepping back, getting outside their bubble, and and looking at the big picture and realizing that like we do have privilege. We do have privilege. It doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard. Lives can be hard for any number of reasons, but the color of your skin isn't one of the things that's making your life harder. Right. You know, and, and white people need to educate themselves. It shouldn't be on the shoulders of black people to have to explain to us why shit's tough. Yeah. You know, it we don't, sh- it we don't have someone who comes at us. Say, say I want, went to Taco Bell five minutes before they're closing and wanted a taco. If they're saying, Hey, we can't serve you. We're closing. I don't think it's because of my skin color. I think it's because they're closing up shop. But unfortunately there's, you know, groups of people that have to wonder, is this, is this racial? Is this racist? What's happening here? We have the benefit of the doubt that that's not occurring to us. So to, um, to everyone out there, we're just, uh, what I said to Tasha earlier, before we started going, I go, look, we've got all we can do in this moment right now is share our love with our audience and and try to operate on a higher frequency. I don't mean to turn a blind eye to all of the issues that are happening. Um, but uh, as as we mentioned a few episodes ago, the the sort of empathy I felt for the guy bagging my groceries at Albertsons on Vermont, I feel for the guys that are marching down the road. I feel for you sending out big hugs and um, you know our country's going through some some pains, and uh, and it's nothing new. It's just uh, we keep we're you know this this might be the perfect storm of protesting after a two month lockdown. Shit's not going right. The rich are getting richer. It's a whole issue, folks. We're here for you. You know we are. Believe it or not, a relationship podcast. But what's what's a better relationship to talk about than? the one we have with um, our brothers and sisters across the country. So uh, it's relationships, whether they're personal, whether it's you and I, whether it's us and our parents or strangers, it's important that we try to introduce everyone to the work we're doing, uh, which is to try to communicate better. You know, what's interesting, Tasha Marie, I want to jump right into this. 
uh, what's so interesting is that I've been following other people. We have we have we have friends that listen to the podcast. Sometimes they'll shout us out or tag us in things. But we have we have some very we know some very funny people that are out there slinging dick. Just slinging, just you know what I mean. Uh, you, they in today's world, stay-at-home order. The people that rise to the occasion with a good Tinder profile, this is your world, baby. And I, I read, I was reading a Instagram story thread from a listener who's a friend of ours, uh, and it was so dang funny. I like woke you up and had you read some of it, or I was reading it to you. It was. Um, uh, it, it, it was something I think the whole podcast needs to hear. So if you don't mind, Tasha, I would like to read for you a, a Tinder success story, I believe, uh, in the time of the COVID. Uh, was it time of COVID or time of Corona? What's a good way to call this? This is, this is called Finding Love um, in a Time of Corona. And I want to read for you, Tasha. I'm going to read. We're, let's read this like a script. There is some poetry that happens. I want you to read the female version and I'll read the male version. Okay. Okay. And then um, in the meantime, let me tell her. Okay. So here we go. We screen grabs these. This is a Tinder success story, everyone. A Tinder success story in the time of COVID. Uh, this starts off with Jamie. She is a woman living in Chicago. I want to note her Instagram or her, her Tinder bio says just here mindlessly swiping to see who else is still single. Glad it's not just me. Greetings, fellow losers, <laughs> which by the way, that's the, that's the most efficient use of words I've ever heard. Three words, greetings, fellow losers. <laughs> And then we have the guy here. He is a uh, appears to be a rock climber named Jordan. And um, uh, he also lives, it says 10 miles away from her. 10 miles in the Midwest might be the perfect distance. That's a good distance. Yeah, that's 10 minutes. And then, um, and then on his bio, it says, if we match, I'll write you a poem. And then she wrote in her Instagram story on top of that, yes, please, you lanky giraffe, write me a poem. <laughs> She's got John Oliver energy, you lanky giraffe. <laughs> and of course, I'll show the audience, if anyone's uh, watching this on, on YouTube, we'll, we'll uh, post up these photos. So, um, so they matched, and then um, he sent her a poem. So I'm going to read the poem that he sent her. Okay. Sorry for the wait, Jamie, but please don't blame me. You matched late at night when the Sandman was raining. I got up, saw we matched, and thought, oh, great, but I had some work to do, so sorry for the wait. And here is your poem, a self-deprecating kind. I imagine that's your style, for we are losers, you did find. So hello, fellow loser, and what a great fat cat. You've mischievous eyes, and I'm liking all of that. Then she wrote... Uh, in the uh, Instagram story version, giraffe did not disappoint. <laughs> and then now, Tasha, please uh, give us her response Jamie's poem. Response. She wrote a response poem. Oh my goodness, sweet Jordan, I'm very impressed. You've really delivered with four stanzas, no less. Your dedication is admirable, your talent unmatched. You win at Tinder, sir, an A-plus strategy you've hatched. I'm no poet, that's sure, but I still had to try to match your valiant effort with a poetic reply. Your curly hair is adorable, and my, you're quite tall. Bravo, Rico Suave, making all the girls fall. Damn! 
It is on. That's a good poem. This is a pandemic uh, uh, score we're happening right now. I can I mean, this is. Oh, anyway, let let's let us continue from the from the male perspective. He responds. The next, uh, uh, let's see, it's, oh, he responds that, okay, it's important to know the read receipts. That, she wrote back at 8.01 p.m. Hold on. He wrote his, it doesn't say what time. She wrote back at 8. Then at 8.49, he had a good 40 plus minutes. He, this is his response. I think you're being humble. I doubt you'd go and lie, but now we've the evidence. You're a better writer than I. You grabbed me by your wit and with brevity, it's soul. You are the goddess keeper, the highest human goal. Your words are rather dope. Your makeup is amazing. And don't start me on your hair, for then I might go crazy. <laughs> Her response? I have to admit, my dear, I'm a bit intimidated. I have no experience at this, but alas, I'm fascinated. So tell me, is this working? Have I yet won you with my words? Is a love story unfolding? Or are we just both huge nerds? You've already gained the approval of my circle of best friends. We are all anxiously awaiting the next words, Tinder Jordan pins. And then she wrote on the Instagram story, shit's getting real. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he responded at 9.47 p.m. When two huge nerds meet like birds of a feather, they simply can't help but go and flock together. And hello, Jamie's friends. I've no fear to tell you all that she's won me with her words. She casts a clarion call. And thank you for my name. At last, I'm Tinder Jordan. Too bad a legal change is one I'm not affording. But back to Jamie now, for she is why I'm here. I'm sure you all are great, but Jamie, I hold dear. And that's and that was respond, uh, responding to the fact that she said... Um, all her friends all her, Yeah. So what we have happening, folks, if you're not aware, if you're new to this, we've got Jamie in the midst of a poetic uh, battle, if you will, for, for love happening on Tinder. Screenshotting, Screenshotting and sharing to Instagram. And sharing to an Instagram <laughs> full of people that have nowhere better no, to go. close friends Instagram. Including Tasha and myself in bed <laughs> with the lights off, with the, you know. Holding the, our breath. Holding our the- breath. <laughs> All right, let me read her response. All right, can I just state, this is the best Tinder exchange yet. Have I found my kindred spirit or just a male coquette? Marry him, said Mary. Is this your soulmate, says Leanne? Either way, that silver tongue has gained more than one fan. And to think I almost ruined it with a limerick about poo. (laughs) Oh, how sad it would have been if questionable humor kept me from you. So tell me, Master Wordsmith, where do we go from here? With this pandemic still a raging for our love, I fear questionable humor poo's fantastic the butt is the best the highest of slapstick i would laugh from my belly and feel my heart go a flutter had you opened up our dance with humor from the gutter don't you dare hold it back your darkness nor what's lewd all these gnarled twisted roots make the beauty that is you pandemic that ain't nothing and here's one more that's true uh da 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 he's sending his digits blah 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 and two i ble- i bleeped out his digits oh that's smart so he ended a poem with his phone number. That's Boom! slick. Kids got them skills down. This isn't his first pandemic, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, go for it. Please excuse my brief delay. This banter's made me ravenous. I microwaved two burritos and COVID will spare you from the flatulence. 
Shared love of potty humor. Surely it's the sign it's meant to be. For if I excel at one thing, it's joking about poo and pee. I know it's late, so don't feel pressured to rack your brain and keep spitting these treasures. Oops, I messed up. That's three lines, not four. Acuity is fading, yet you keep me wanting more. And then in the Instagram story, she said, guys, I'm fading. And then she had a question, yes or no? Uh, yes, they should continue or no, they shouldn't. Um, so, because this is at 11, 11 at night. So then he writes back, no one's ever written a poem back to me. I can't but help and wonder what could it all mean? I never would have guessed a sign from the beyond comes through farts and poop and pee a most human base bond. I hope your burritos leave your stomach free, but if they come and haunt you, please share the joy with me. (laughs) And then guys, here's how it ends. And then it ends with an Instagram screen grab of him saying hi. No, no, no. Of of her saying hi via text. And then he goes, oh, thank God. And then she laughs. (laughs) And that, my friends, is how you go from Tinder to the phone. That is a perfect transition. And we don't know what happened. Have they seen each other? This is info we just don't yeah, have. Yeah, how are they supposed to go on a date when they're supposed to be social distancing? I don't know. There's plenty of people that have been that have uh, been demanding uh, updates from them. Should I we... saw the funniest. It was on like Overheard LA. You know that Instagram account? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was about we went on a social distance date. The overheard was, we went on a social distance date. It was fun. Then we kissed. And the other person said, that's like trying with a condom for one minute. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, let's find out. Let's find out if they made it to the the in person or not. Um, That's uh, are you going to call her? Let's give her a call. This is uh, we're calling Jamie and um, let's see if we can get her on the phone here. Can you hear this? Oh, I got the wrong one. Speaker, hold on. Hello. Hi, is this Jamie? Yes, it is. Hello. Hey, it's Tasha and Dave. How are you? <laughs> you guys, good. How are you? Well, we just reread your poetry for the fourth time. It's uh, so good. Oh my god, this is so a love funny. story. <laughs> you, you two have set the bar so high that I think I think you have to go straight to having kids. <laughs> you know, that's literally what all of my friends were saying, because I was sharing this on my story. You guys saw it. And everyone was like, um, if you don't marry that man, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because he says he says he'll give somebody a poem if they match. And you said, try me, bitch. And then you go back and then he says no one's ever written a poem back. I mean, how how amazing that you're the first uh, p- a poem that has been returned to him. Honestly, how could somebody not, though? It's so fun. Yeah, and not to mention your uh, your your po- poetic prowess was really on point. I mean, were you <laughs> did you have a ghostwriter or were you just coming up with these lines? I mean, you guys are rhyming flatulence and fart <laughs> jokes. I mean, it was really highbrow. <laughs> you know, I feel like I was just in the right mindset because I've never written poems before, but it it worked for this uh, instance. So <laughs> now, uh, I mean, how many guys do you got to? Do you got to match with before you get someone who actually piques your interest here? What's the ratio of matches to conversations? Oh my gosh, honestly, oh, very low. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of times whenever I match with somebody, like nobody initiates conversation, myself included. I haven't really been putting any effort into it, but I feel like a lot of people right now aren't either. You know, what's so what? It was definitely. 
unexpected. <laughs> are there any trends happening on Tinder with the pandemic? I mean, are people like shoot like in in normal Tinder photos, you get the bro holding the fish and, you know, showing off whatever signs of wealth they have or stature. Is there anything happening? Are there like people just holding up buckets of N95 masks or anything? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that I have seen a few pictures of people wearing masks and also like, I think I saw a guy with a pro- like a picture on his profile of him like holding a bunch of toilet paper and stuff. That that was <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that would have been a good one. A little toilet or paper. Like a- a negative COVID test. You need your certificate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your clean STDs test. I have not test. seen that yet. <laughs> well, because I've been, I I, I've been told on grind from my friends on Grinder that there's like a button for like if you've been tested or not. Like you know, in the in the in the the male community, you know, if they've been tested for AIDS or not. But it would be interesting if like yeah, I mean, imagine if you had the the uh, uh, what's it called the antibodies test that basically lets anybody know you've had it and you're safe. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I have a really close friend who's a doctor, and we had a lot of conversations about these antibody tests and stuff, and I feel like, I don't know. I don't know how accurate they are because nobody knows how long you actually are immune. So. Yeah, right. especially for and 150 bucks yeah. a pop. It's like <laughs> a virus that's going to mutate and be totally different in a few months. Exactly. I'm actually going to get a COVID test tomorrow. Well, good luck with Not that. because I'm sick. Yeah, no, not because I'm sick, but I mean, at least after tomorrow, I'll know for the next few days if I definitely do or definitely don't have it. Now, if I'll pick it up. <laughs> we're sitting on the edge of our seats, and we want to know: Have you have you met uh, this uh, Tinder um, Shakespeare? We should call him Tinder Shakespeare. Uh, no, we actually have not met yet. Have you continued so. talking? Um, somewhat, yes, for like. A few days, yeah. We were supposed to actually meet for a socially distant walk last week, but I had to postpone um, just because, I don't know, just to be precautious. <laughs> this is what's um, so tough, though, is that you have to, like, building a spark, right? You guys built a spark through poetry, but, like, if you can't go see somebody, that's, you know, next thing you know, you're doing your taxes, you got a photo shoot, and next yeah, thing you know, you're like gone. Yeah, when you're lighting, well, the Tinder, <laughs> when you're lighting the Tinder and you get that initial spark, like, you have to hurry up and blow on it to get a giant flame. Is that why they call else? it Tinder? Exactly. Yeah. So you got to blow on it exactly. to get a giant flame, Jamie. That's what you have to do. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> never mind. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> now, were you able to go, uh, you went from texting and then I'm guessing, did you guys FaceTime after that? Did you escalate? Yes, we did FaceTime. We did like a couple of Zoom calls, um, oh. which was fine. I actually did a Zoom date like maybe a month and a half ago, and it was the most awkward thing ever. Oh, I can um, imagine. I can imagine. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was fine. Uh, Zoom, Zooming with Tinder Jordan was fine. He actually um, played music for me one day when I was working, and it was really fun. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that update. He was um, he was DJing. Wow. Yeah, he's a DJ, too? He's it was tall? like just the two of us, and I was like, I'm working. And he's like, cool, you want to hear some music? And I was like, yes, I can do, thank you. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Jamie. He uh, he he's a, he rock climbs in his photo. So let me tell you something. This man's got some of the strongest hands you've ever met. I'm telling you, rock climbers. It's like if a, it's like if a guy meets a someone who's a horseback rider, she's gonna have the strongest hips ever. It, these are, so let me let me just and tell you DJ, something. And DJ, he has like a light touch. <laughs> yeah, wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah, let, let, let's see if he gets to scratch your discs or not. Um, oh, metaphorically. God. Now, what's what's going on? You're you're in the Midwest. Uh, is it? Uh, are you still on full lockdown? Or are you at working? What are you up to? 
Um, no, I mean, I haven't really been working a lot. Um, I, you guys know I shoot weddings. So basically for the past few months, I've been Everything's rescheduling canceled. all of my weddings, yeah. <laughs> um, which has been a lot. So yeah, I, there's not going to be any large gatherings allowed here for a while. So most of my, uh, most of my clients had to reschedule their wedding. Are so you still down to shoot like, our wedding when we uh, finally get around to planning it? Maybe uh, in two yeah. years <laughs> after all the a COVID goes percent, away? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't know if I, I think I closed this when you first got engaged. I already called it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we we actually booked our DJ. His name's Tinder Jordan. <laughs> so we're going all in for it. I'm sure he's going to be really excited for that. That's hilarious. Let me ask you this. Um, I, I know you have to go. You, you're going to shoot something right after this no i do i have an engagement shoot oh nice you know what's funny is when we actually of all of all the photo uh, photo shoots tosh and i have done for like fake weddings and this and that and like that's how we met you was a was a fake wedding in the desert we've um we shot our own uh engagement shoots by ourselves in the with the tripod you know, of all the, of Did all like, really? yeah, of all the big, we just were kind of like, ugh, I think we were just over. I think we, we had, we were trying to keep it a secret so that we could tell our friends and family in person, but with everyone living on different coasts, it took some time to do that. So we had kept our engagement a secret for almost two months. And then we were like, we really need to announce this. And so we just went yeah, to the Pasadena you know like city hall and like took a couple photos and announced it. Yeah, no, actually, now that you mentioned it, I do remember seeing the photos that you guys shot. So if there's anything wrong with them, it's because we did it. <laughs> we a did it ourselves. Maybe we should redo with it. Tasha in heels running <laughs> no, back and forth. No, they were amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> Do you ever have, as a wedding photographer, are you getting hit on by these? I mean, you're a good-looking lady. Are you getting hit on by these wedding guests? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I have some horror stories. <laughs> Only horror, no success yeah. stories. I guess you probably don't share those with your business. <laughs> you no success Wait, stories. I, I said no success stories. No, you know I feel like yeah, no, it's just a bad idea overall. I've had a few, but oh no. <laughs> Well, that's the case usually. Like I, I remember T- Tasha and I went to a wedding and the second the second she went to the bar to get a drink and I was at the table, there was some dude already hitting on her. And it was like, boy, the stakes are high at weddings to go get laid if you're single. I mean, it can be great, yeah. but it can also be like if, if you, you know, it's like, you know, you know, the bridesmaid shuts you down. Next thing you know, you're going after uh, Jamie, the photographer. Dude, seriously, I had this one wedding where like, unbeknownst to me, the bride had totally talked me up to one of the groom's friends. And this guy was, like, super excited to meet me. And they told me about it on the day up. They were, like, shooting them getting ready. And they're like, oh, this guy's going to be there. We really want to meet you. We think that you guys be so cute together. And the whole day, this guy was just, like, following me around. I was oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> you're, like, it trying to work. Thing. But you're also, like, having yeah. to babysit this puppy dog. You know, a good yeah. a good wedding photographer puts the miles in. You guys work hard. I mean, there's a lot of prerequisite photos that people want the brides always even the nicest of intentions is always miserable i mean what like we we just don't look forward to a wedding where we're going to be stressed out so other people can have a good you know steak dinner it just i don't understand it why you guys got to keep it small go a little somewhere i'm down i'll go with you yeah <laughs> i think I'm, I'm, I, I'm going with you 100 <laughs> percent. and i think that's actually totally the plan like as soon as there's a window of safety and we can like find a venue doesn't matter where might be mexico might be thailand we'll do it last minute but i think we're probably going to try and pull a last minute wedding sometime what, in the next year what's your favorite warm weather place give us a place to start looking 
Uh, my favorite warm weather place? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say go to Europe because I was supposed to go there this spring and I had to cancel all my trips because of coronavirus. Oh, so. that's so sad. Yeah. But you, you just be- go to Europe. So you were, I'm done. <laughs> you were busy before before the pandemic and hopefully it picks back up for you. Um, I didn't know yeah. if you wanted to promote anything on here because I, I didn't know if this, if you're because when you sent us the tinder uh that was to a pride a closed group of friends which we appreciate that we're in there um but did, did you want to promote your services if there's anyone out there if they're looking to get hitched yeah i mean i guess you guys can um i guess check me out on instagram it's where on weddings and my website is where on weddings.com spelled l-o-r-e-n lauren weddings yeah well yep. And then, and then, are, is most of your work coming from like people you know? Uh, you, it's got it's such a personal job, a wedding photographer. You have to imagine there's so much vetting that goes into that. Yeah, you know, most of my clients are referrals from previous clients. I have the like the occasional person that finds me on Instagram, but most of them are referrals. So. Do you run solo or do you work with anyone? Um, I actually have a, like a really large group of friends that all of my friends are wedding photographers in Chicago. We all literally just hang out with each other. So I shoot with all of my friends and they shoot with me. That's so fun. Let me ask you this. Has there been any, I know you got to go, so I'll just ask you this, but has there been any weddings where you're shooting it and you're just thinking this is not going to (laughs) last? Like, has there been any just like horror stories where, you know, the train starts and you just know that it's not going back into the station? Oh, no, I'm really glad, but I've heard some stories from people I know, and I think it's like bridezilla, groomzilla type situations, like you always kind of question like, ooh, <laughs> I wonder how long that's going to last, but luckily I have not had any plans like that, so I, I, cross doesn't happen. <laughs> I want to I want to write a movie where there's a dude, because we've already had the wedding singer, we've had the wedding planner, we've had wedding crashers, but what we haven't had is the wedding bodyguard, and, and I want it to be a guy that the groom and the bride hire that keeps like the weird aunts from talking to them for too much. You know, the, the thing that looks the worst about weddings for the bride and groom is that they're sort of obligated to go to every table and talk to everyone. And really you just want to catch up with your college friends. You like know what I mean? Celebrities on the red carpet, they have like their PR manager right next to them the whole time. And they'll like let publications ask like one question and then they're like, sorry, we got to go. We have an appointment, <laughs> you know, pointing at their watch, yeah. like just nudging the celeb out of the way. <laughs> but in our case, we'll have you and a small crew we do we do plan on a small wedding we i think we do plan on having it uh be kind of something that's not overwhelming because i think people do lose focus of what the day is all about especially people's parents that are putting money into it they start to get ideas about what they want and it's like don't don't project onto me because you didn't get you know the full wedding and and then it becomes like more of their vision and less about you guys so yeah definitely i think keeping it small is like the best way to that's way to go. Now, before we let you go, uh, so it doesn't sound too optimistic about Jordan. Do you think you'll see him or are you think it kind of uh, just, are you still uh, sharing stanzas together or what? Um, we have shared a few poems uh, in the past week. I think, honestly, I don't know, how are you guys feeling like with being in quarantine or lockdown? Like, have you guys been like fluctuating between like, super happy peppy and then like super blah because I feel like that's what I was doing yes especially in the beginning I was on like a wild emotional roller coaster but you know LA is pretty much fully open as of next week it's they've Mm -hmm. opened up everything and so I've been 
super stressed about having to go back to work. Um, and so because I am working, I still want to, um, like keep my personal time as quarantined as possible because I do feel like my exposure, like my level of exposure to a ton of different people is really high. So I think probably mm-hmm. social, socially, I'll be socially distancing socially for a while. But Tasha's been yeah. planning on this it's- for 20 years, social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> she finally has an excuse. She's loving it. But yeah, it's, a, it's um, a, the different things that keep us uh, sane are taken away. For me, it's the gym. It's stand-up comedy. You know, so now I, I make it a point to try to go for a nice run every day. I'm doing this app challenge. So I'm trying to get back into shape because for a little while there, I was quarantined, like real, like real bad shape. I mean, I got fat real fast. It's amazing how quickly like the body can just go to shit if you let it. But uh, you know, that's what it's a hey, mid thirties, baby. This is what happens. The second you you, yeah. you you stop looking at the scale and shaming yourself, you're back to being you know the fat college version of me but i digress um i I would say this for you it's good i mean for for like you and i weddings and stand-up comedy are two places where you know people are packed in that's what's tough with with what we do but at least as a photographer you know you can you can kind of socially distance as you take their photos right yeah yeah for sure i feel yeah i don't know as far as the jordan things go the jordan things thing is going um I hope I didn't drop the ball, but I've been in like a super like reclusive mode for the last few days. So we'll see how. But you know, it could, it could, it could show his true colors too. If he's willing to give you some space and show, cause it sounds like he, I mean, I could be, we're all projecting. We see, we see a couple poems and we think we know everybody, but let me tell you about Jordan, mm-hmm. this guy, if he gives you your space and lets you be, you know, distant or whatever, who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, it, but I think also it's important for him to take initiative too, like say, you know, Hey, I realize like that we should be social distancing and whatever, but do you want to do that social distance date? Maybe throw out some ideas, make some plans. I mean, that's attractive to let a guy take the reins. Yeah. Yeah. I I had one more question for you. We, we saw, we just took the uh, Enneagram test. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Oh my God. Did you guys, was it spot on? Uh, Yes. We haven't read it yet with the podcast, so I'm not going to jump into our scores, but uh, I've seen a lot of people taking this. Is this just like the new popular thing or is it because everyone's at home, they're taking an extra quiz, but what, what, have you learned anything about yourself from taking this personality test? Yeah. um, Actually. So the, the way that I even heard about it was I hired a girl for like copywriting for my website a couple years ago. And part of the whole like interview process, she was like, Hey, I want you to take this test. (laughs) And she like sent me a link to the full test and like paid for it as like part of the package. And I was like, what is this test? And then as soon as I started reading more about it, I was like, Oh my God, totally. Like I definitely relate to my results a million, million percent. You know, it's interesting because someone else, a random person who saw, maybe they DM'd me or something, just a random listener had mentioned that we should take this same personality test, but it looks like ours, um, you know, we're going to read our results, but it looks like everything I read about mine, I'm an asshole who just wants uh, fame and success. And then Tasha is this like sensitive flower. So I don't know. (laughs) 
I have a hard time taking those tests because it's like it they it it's like it's hard to like answer honestly how you how you either well, see you yourself have to go with how you feel in the moment. At least that's been my method because I actually have taken that before. And my what am I? I don't know. I think my numbers are like four, five, and nine that are all like above ninety percent. And I think this time I got a four, but last time I got a nine. So I think it. You know, I don't know if. Jamie, was yours like very obvious? Did you have one that was much more like percentage than all the others? Um, I think I had two that were pretty close, but I definitely was able to distinguish which one I like identified with the which, most. Which was what? Which number? Uh, I'm a seven. <laughs> All right. So seven says it's described as the enthusiast. Sevens want to have as much yeah. fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. You hear that, Jordan? <laughs> you better. <laughs> oh, no. You're a party People girl. Like, right now, in quarantine, I'm so out of my element because I can't do anything fun and I can't have any adventures. So. Well, that explains why you were the one person that ever wrote back a poem because you're like, fuck yeah, let's dive into this. Let's give this a try. But also, she's a wedding photographer. She wants fun. She wants adventure. adventure. This is amazing. I mean, they nailed you. Hopefully, yeah, Jordan does too. I can't wait. Are you guys going to actually like go into your Enneagram results on, on an episode? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go. As soon as we get off the phone with you, we're going to go right into it. Absolutely. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> we did the test. We're, we're ready to go. Um, I want to tell you this. I, we're we're going to let you go. I, I, we appreciate you so much. You've been just, you've gone from just a random photographer we worked with to a nice sub support for our podcast and just an, a nice friend. So you've been, it's, it's, it's exciting for us to follow your uh, exploit out there you're funny you're these these poems are hilarious and keep keep sharing that and if it's not if jordan's not the lucky guy or gal somebody else will be so we're excited to see the next steps for you so keep us posted all right thank you guys so much i appreciate you both so much and i love the podcast (laughs) we love you We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon all right guys thanks so much talk to you soon bye 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 that was Jamie, everybody, coming in from the Midwest, wedding photographer, friend of the podcast, friend of ours. Uh, talk, I'm going to reset these cameras, so keep talking while we get into the next part. Or can we just pause and can cut it out and post? Do you want to pause? Yeah. Do I really have to fill it up with fluff, Well, fluff it's going to take nine seconds. All right. If, <laughs> let's, let's bang this out. We got, we got about another 20 minutes to go, so let's finish this off. So Okay. Um, so I'm assuming that you have those screenshots uh, saved of our results because I actually don't know mine offhand. And I would like to be able to do a little bit of a refreshing on what each one means because maybe I can do a little evaluation on my like top three numbers and see if what I think they listed as my top one is correct or if it was just correct yesterday and maybe on a different day I'd feel a different way. I'm going to get right into it. I don't have my headphones on. So so the uh, Enneagram is a test you can take. It's a little bit... It's like a personality type test. It's a little bit better than, you know, your standard, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert. INFJ or whatever. That one's complicated me too. And that one takes forever to take the test. Well, there's so many... I'm going to pull the laptop up right here. There's so many uh, different terms for people and we're all different. So there's no perfect match, but it tells you, you know, it's just a probably take a five minute quiz. 
uh, and then it tells you exactly what you are. The Enneagram is a system of personality types that describes patterns and how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions, which folks, this is what we're talking about here. If you knew, like Tasha, if your parents knew what personality type you were, they wouldn't be locked, not that they're saying they're locking you in your room, but they would, you know what I mean? If, if you have a yeah, child Yeah, you can that's- tailor your approach to your child's needs. Or you can tailor your approach to your loved one's needs, however that goes. Knowing each other's type, I think, can help you. It's just another way to assess. Yeah, and I, and it seems pretty accurate. So let's go into... Let's do yours first. You want to do mine? Yeah. I don't remember which one's mine. Hold on. I got it. I saved mine in a, in a thing called Dave's results. <laughs> <laughs> so my results, I am a 98% match for a personality seven and a 98% match for personality three. But it told me that I'm mainly personality three. Type three is also known as the achiever. Threes want to be successful and admired by other people and are very conscious of their public image. Hold on. I was too busy thinking about seven is the same as Jamie's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's called the individualist. What is it called? No, seven. Hold on. I I just deleted it. So seven. You're right. Jamie and I are both a seven. Type seven is described as the enthusiast. Sevens want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. So if you want to take this to me, I, I want to achieve while having as much fun as possible. So share the podcast. Do you find yourself easily bored? Um, no, well, that's what's weird is I don't find myself easily bored. I love creating. I used to love being a kid with Legos and being by myself. So I can relate to to being editing for hours by myself. But I also know that the final product will be sharing my yeah, creation, which leads to love. Maybe if you weren't so in touch with your creative self, maybe if you weren't so driven, then you would find yourself easily bored. But I think because you are very much like a self-starter and, and you know what your creative goals are and you just get after them, that prevents you from that feeling of boredom. And okay. Well, I was going to say with with this as the achiever, it kind of sounds like you can you can it, see that's the, type three, the achiever. Yes, you could can see. Can you the, reread that description for me? Type three is known as the achiever. Threes want to be successful and admired by other people and are very conscious of their public image. And I'll read a little bit deeper into it. Now, there uh, in that every every number comes with the pros and the cons. So you could be the achiever, but then also Harvey Weinstein. You know, you can be the megalomatic, you know, the crazy person who achieves and the ego is inflamed. And, and don't get me wrong. Well, I you could be a, like a Slytherin. Well, I don't know Harry Potter, but feel but free. But you could be, you know, they're, they're like uh, about like success at all costs. You know, they don't. Sure. Th- they don't care about like the sort of destruction that they leave behind. They just want to f- follow their own goals, win, whatever. I'm going to go in a little deeper with this and we'll get to yours. The three, the basic fear of the three is being worthless, which honestly, I don't know if I fear being worthless, but that in the basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. I do want to feel valuable. Uh, in Enneagram three with a two, with um, a two wing is the charmer. Key motivations want to be affirmed. I mean, that's my love language is affirmation. I want to be affirmed. I just want to, I don't want to just make the YouTube vlog. I want someone to comment saying, Hey, fucking awesome. This is good. I mean, that's simple. I would, I would never create anything. That's why for me, stand up holds no value in these zoom shows. A stand up with no audience to me is, is it, it doesn't, I don't get the reward. I don't want to do it. I don't care. Uh, uh, they want to be affirmed. They want to distinguish themselves from others, to have attention, to be admired, and to impress others. Uh, that is called an applause break from the audience. You want to impress others. Okay. When moving in their direction of disintegration, which is stress, uh, threes, 
suddenly become disengaged and apathetic at nine. Wait, are you a nine? No, you're not a nine. No, nine was one of my top ones. Really? Yeah. So hold on a second. When I, a three becomes apathetic to a nine. Wait, but reread that last sentence. Uh, however, a three suddenly become dissing, uh, when, okay. So when they're stressed, when, 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 when someone like me is stressed, they suddenly become disengaged and apathetic to a nine. However, when moving in their direction of integration, which is growth, vain, deceitful threes become more cooperative and committed to others like healthy sixes. So basically, um, you got to know what makes you valuable, but also know what make you a problem person. Like I have like, a, you know, by being so, so focused, the stress of not achieving my own um, acceptance, the stress of not achieving, uh, being able to impress others, the stress of not being where I want to be can lead to negative feelings to other people. Interesting. And you said number nine is one of yours. Yeah, I think I was a four, five, and nine, but I'm not positive. You'll have to bring up my results. I'm going to bring up your results right now, baby. Here we go. Your Tasha's results. You are... Um, uh, do, 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 do. Your top results are... Your top match is a four. You've also got a pretty high match with six and nine, but a four, a six type four, four Tasha Courtney is known as the individualist. Fours want to be unique and to live life authentically and are highly attuned to their emotional experience, which you've labeled in the past as a highly sensitive person. You're highly attuned to your emotional experience and you want to be unique. Does that uh, paint an accurate picture for you? Well, I would say that I am highly attuned to my emotional experience and that I don't mind being unique. I wouldn't necessarily say that I want to be unique. Sometimes you don't want to be unique at all. Sometimes you wish you would just rather fit in, but I don't I don't mind being unique. I'm okay with being a little weird. <laughs> Fours tend to see their difference from others as being both a gift and a curse. A gift because it sets them apart from those they perceive as being somehow common. A curse as it so often seems to separate them from the simpler forms of happiness that others so readily seem to enjoy. Do you, does that resonate with you? Yeah, that sounds like exactly what I just said. Fours can manage to feel superior to others that you do that when you're driving their, your Prius <laughs> uh, while also secretly harboring some degree of longing and envy. Is envy a problem that you have? Yeah, totally. I, uh... I try not to um, like give in to that feeling, but I definitely know, I have noticed in myself that I can feel some sort of sense of jealousy or envy to my peers for sure, especially even close friends. You know, sometimes I see them looking like they've got it all together or just excelling in one section of their life. And I, I for sure feel feelings of, um, not resentment, but feelings of inadequacy myself. I'll feel feelings of ina inadequacy in myself when I see my friends um, really just succeeding. You know, Fours are somewhat melancholic by disposition and under stress tend to lapse into depression. They also tend to be self-absorbed even under the best of circumstances, but when unbalanced, easily give way to a self-indulgence which they perceive as being fully justified as a way to compensate for the general lack of pleasure they experience in their lives. Yikes! Rather than look for practical solutions to their difficulties, fours are prone to fantasizing about a savior who will rescue them from their unhappiness. You know, I must say... 
when you do look at a lot of these travel bloggers who seem to have it all because they know how to Photoshop a good photo and we don't get to see the fact that they fought over which fish taco place to go to for lunch, which is probably every single one of them. You think they're living in a fucking van and they're happy? They haven't shat in days. They haven't wiped their ass. And then you just get to see this beautiful drone shot of them. And Tasha's like, look, we could be like that. And I'm going, and again, I'm not trying to uh, stomp on you, Tasha, but I think this is very interesting to look at. um, You know, we look for, because I'm the the same way where sometimes we'll fantasize about a savior who will rescue them from their unhappiness. And then what's important for us to remember is we we dictate that. We control our happiness. Yeah, I do. uh, Yeah. You're absolutely correct. I think for some people, things come easier and it's normal to feel a little bit of jealousy when things don't necessarily come easy to you. I remember as early as high school feeling so jealous of people who knew what they wanted to do with their life. It never made... I never had any clear sense of direction or any clear um, like passions those things were not, like I never had something that I wanted or needed to do so badly that I could put everything else aside in order to do that thing. So for me, my life's journey has has felt like a lot of trial and error because I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with just about anything. So I'll give something a try for a while, like it for a while, get bored with it and then want to try something else. Uh which is fair, but I think I think you're you if you were to poll all of these people in high school that knew what they wanted to do with the rest of their lives, I'm not saying they were being delusional, but we all, we all know that somebody who strongly thinks they know what they want to do. No one does. No one, no one's going to, but at least having like a real, um, guiding light almost like if you know, you want to be a doctor, you can follow the path to medical school. And even if you decide halfway through it, that it's not really your jam, you'll, end up in a place that you find equally as fulfilling like i don't know medical engineering or something should we uh intro each other from now on the podcast with our our types ladies and gentlemen tasha courtney she's expressive dramatic self-absorbed and temperamental (laughs) do you think i'm self-absorbed i feel Um, like that one doesn't really stick you know what I, i feel like sometimes and this is just a personality flaw that i uh will have a hard time listening to others in conversation. You know, like I, I can uh, tell when you're toned out where I'm telling you a story and then, and then, you, and then like a minute later you go, what, sorry, what? I'll get, <laughs> whenever I'm telling the story that, to Tasha and she, and she's, I can tell she's not listening. I just start making it about me blowing guys. I don't, and then she's but like, I don't Wait, think what? that that's necessarily self-absorbed. I think that's just a little bit of like, not necessarily knowing the right things to say, well, not like it's being saying, a great listener. Um, yeah, and having like a really engaging conversation that it requires a little more effort. It's me. basically saying that you go to a deeper level, internalize a lot of your feelings. Like you go within yourself to, to like analyze how you're feeling and to the outside person, it, it looks like you're not even there. You know what I mean? Like your eyes kind of glaze over, but that's because you're doing the work on the inside. Now, look, I was able to Google. This is good for people in relationships. Fuck. I think this is good for people who have an, an issue with your mom or, you know, whoever in your life, you know, don't be afraid to learn a little bit about yourself. But to this says, um, this, this, uh, then tells us how type three and type four will do together, which we're about six years late on this one. But, uh, type three is me, the achiever type four is Tasha, the individualist. Um, 
what each type brings to the relationship. These two types can form something of a complementary relationship with each bringing important qualities to the relationship that the other generally lacks. Which I, I've actually said this whenever you're like, Dave, you don't pay attention. You know what? Actually, Raquel... Uh, we love you, Raquel. Uh, our friend Raquel Pomplin, past guest Raquel Pomplin, responded as like because I I had mentioned in my vlog that I cut open the blueberries and then didn't realize that there was a a, a resealable thing to them. Yeah. And I mentioned that you noticed this because you're a highly sensitive person. And then Raquel responds. She goes, "My husband does the same thing. It doesn't mean that you're. It doesn't mean that she's highly sensitive because she notices it. It means he's not paying attention." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I understand. Like there are times when I don't pay attention." Yeah, now, you just kind of go through the motions. I think that's the same reason why you don't shut the cabinet doors and you don't shut the drawers all the way Let you just free, are baby. Like doing your thing and like well i've sent you two tiktoks in the past two days that are women saying if i was my husband for for a day and it's them just like fucking kicking off their shoes and leaving them <laughs> pulling their socks off and leaving them instead of putting the trash in the bin like putting it right next to the and bin look, instead not- of putting the spoon in the sink leaving it right next to the sink pouring their protein powder or their pre-workout and just leaving it all just, over the sink which is a powder of c4 look, you with the coffee you always leave like coffee stains dripping down the cabinets yeah, and, look, or and again i'm not saying i'm not saying every single thing i'm going to defend but well, i'll say this with certain personality traits it's like i don't want to have a child that if they can't remember to do certain things that i that i yell at them like my brother jack he's he's a beautiful mind but a, there was a lot of times like if you tell him to do something like oh yeah what like he's just not always there and there is a beautiful thing happening in 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 my case I, I can't tell you what it is, but if, if I... if But that almost seems like the self-absorbedness that was in my number. Like, you can't just pay a little more attention. You can't just put in that little extra effort to make sure that when you are done with whatever it is you're doing, you've cleaned up your work Sure, sure. But let's let's put it the other way. Like, let me, let me point you. Like, Tasha, you can't just focus a little bit more on the task at hand. Like, it's like, there's just things you can try your best, but no one's actively... I focus well on tasks at hand when I'm into them. Exactly. And I'm not into cutting bags of blueberries. <laughs> all right. The point is, is that there is a blessing and a curse to everything. But if we look at the the positives. Um, I don't know. My mind floats around. I come up with these crazy ideas. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not part of the, the creative mind. And I'm not saying you're not creative, but sometimes I'll... You're like a popcorn and I'm more like a straight, like a like railroad tracks. Like Sure. I'm a firecracker I'm a linear, and you're a, flare, you're a flare gun. I'm a linear and you're a pop, pop, pop. So the point is, is I've said this for a long time, that it's okay that we're different. It's okay that we don't want to be so abrasively different that we start forest fires every second, but let's be different enough that like I can, you know, we, we can compliment each other. So let's go on. Um, uh, Will the, you read my second two? Hold it. There's going to, it's going to tell you more within here. Uh, fours can teach threes. You're a four can teach threes how to talk about themselves on a deeper level and help acknowledge and process their feelings. I disagree with that assessment of both of us. I think I help you process your feelings way more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're being mad or snappy, I'm always like, what are you feeling versus me getting upset? But don't I challenge you to think a little more critically and dig a little deeper? I, I would argue that I do. Okay. I would argue that I ask you to expand on what are your surface feelings. And I would argue that I challenge you in conversation to, to dig deeper. Just like I said, Finding the three's hearts 
desire is an extremely important area of self-awareness in which fours can help play a helpful role to the threes. Fours, Tasha, can bring a sense of style and presentation, rich communication, and sense of refinement. That's it, baby. You're my refiner. I'll do, I've always said this, like I will till the lands. I am, I can, and, and you're always complaining that I don't pay attention to the details. But I'm training you to do it a little better. But I don't, I, I don't pay attention to the details, but I get so much shit done. I'll do laundry. Will I leave a quilt in the dryer at the place and we lose it? Yes, that will happen once in a while. But the point is, is that I'm tilling the land and you're the refiner. Three model, uh, that's me, many of the qualities that fours would like to develop in themselves. So I, so this says I've got a lot of qualities you would like to develop. Yeah. That's something Tasha would never admit without this whole thing I said. That's up. not true at all. I tell you every day how much I, I admire your work ethic. Um... And I just, I simply don't share that. Threes, me, are well-suited at helping fours, you, gain new skills. Threes can bring a good deal of tact and diplomacy to handling fours' emotional reactions <laughs> and their sometimes too sensitive feelings and self-doubts. Wow. What if, I, what, if I, what if I just wrote this? <laughs> I feel like you did. You're like Googling. You're like, that didn't exist. Well, you know, it did. Knowing Should we what, print that out? <laughs> knowing what to say. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. Can you imagine that everyone listening? Whenever Tasha and I are in a fight and I'm like, I'm just helping you gain an awareness. You'd be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Threes can bring a deal of tact and diploma. I, yeah. I, I am Mr. Diplomacy over here. Let's uh, And then knowing what to say and when to say it and what not to say to a four can be can be crucial for building trust in the relationship and avoiding inadvertent episodes when either feels humiliated or embarrassed. Threes can bring a sense of hope and ambition to the relationship, practical goal setting, coaching and behavior management techniques that help fours get out of a slump or a period of low energy. Threes can coach fours and how to get on with practical matters and act professionally despite the shifts in the feelings and self-doubts. Quarantine! I mean, honestly, I, you've been in the deep end and I've just been throwing rafts at you because you wonder, and I, and I totally understand, you go, how are we going to be able to have kids? How are we going to be able to do this and that? Well, baby, we're setting goals. We're creating, we're, we're, we're kind of like, giving our highest uh, frequency of love through through the podcast, through whatever we do. We're trying to show that to other people and we just have to have faith that our best selves is worth a lot more than our mediocre selves. Mediocre Dave with his side. Are you crying? Why are you crying, honey? No, I'm just... Uh it's very, it's very true. I can tell when Tasha's about to cry, and I, I saw that you started <laughs> crying. <laughs> I got the camera right on you. All right. Well, this is, it's, this is. I, I, I feel your feelings. It's an important thing for any relationship to deeply understand how your partner thinks, how they behave, but also do the work on yourselves. So, so whenever I, in the past, when I felt embarrassed, which isn't hard because I'm sensitive, if I've like pitched a joke to you and you don't respond i'll be like oh thanks a fucking lot you know like and i'll and i'll jab at you and that's just not the right thing to do i need to understand that you're not always as expressive and quick with your um you, you with certain things as as i kind of demand I, I i do demand um a high processing power from you to engage back with me especially sometimes i'll have a coffee and i'll be like let's solve the world's problems and you're like Hold on, I'm trying to you know formulate a draft for an Instagram post. So it's important to just f find each other where they're at. We'll do, we'll do a lot more research into all this, but I I think that's a good place to start with. No, I wanted you to read the traits of my secondary too because okay. they were all above ninety percent, and I feel like I I need to know those because I feel like my 
number one personality could shift on any given day. No, only, Though this only has been very accurate. Six and six is your second best. Type six is also known as the skeptic. So don't read it. I got it. Six is a skeptic. Okay. They're preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. Yeah, you're a skeptic, which I, which has been your uh, you which you have admitted has been your biggest problem with keeping a faith that things will work out because it's easy for you to say, well, look at all the comics that didn't succeed. Look at all the X, Y's, and Z's, and then but I come from a place where I go, but look at all those who have made their lives by being authentic and true, and and I think. Your, your sort but, of realism. But a skeptic is going to be the person who's planning and prepping for all scenarios. And sometimes it's hard to have all of that weight on one person's shoulders. Yeah. I do I do feel a lot of pressure from having to be the skeptic and the planner. All My right. uh, top personality superpower is optimism. I scored a 19 out of 20 on optimism. That's my top power. Do I have a power? I don't know if I saved your powers. Oh, you're. <laughs> what do you think it is? I don't know. Your top personality superpower scoring almost a perfect score. Emotion. <laughs> your power is emotion. God. You know, I spent my entire life burying my emotions. No joke. My entire life. It hasn't been until we've um, been in a relationship that I really like started i don't know opening up the floodgates like i picture you um i I picture an an avalanche i mean it doesn't it doesn't mean that i didn't feel emotions but i really worked hard to keep them under wraps and buried because that was just part of my family dynamic but honestly what did it get you fucking nothing i mean what did is there a survival technique i mean maybe it's a maybe it's a uh, maybe uh, keeping things buried makes you survive in the moment, but it. But I would say it's probably not sustainable. I would. I would argue that it's damaging long term to keep your emotions buried. I think that's um, how how blockages and a lot of spiritual people will say a lot of cancers and things like that. It doesn't always come from things you put into your body. Uh, you have lipstick all over you, honey. Yeah, um, I'm just letting you know. You had it on your teeth earlier, but then it went away. You're you're good. You're you're fine now. You literally. It's the first time you've ever put a no, single cam on me close you up, look great. and I've had fucking lipstick all you over. Look my you, teeth you look great, honey. Chin. Follow us on YouTube. Tasha's a hot mess. <laughs> She's emotions, baby. That's shitty. What's shitty? You follow us on YouTube and you're gonna have fucking close ups. No, of you me. look great. Come on, you look fine. It was a it was a tiny skid mark. You just had a little your lipstick looks good. You got a lot on your teeth. You got excited. Uh, so boy, she's really letting the emotions get I mean, guys, the, the, you you're upset over the lipstick. I'm telling you, this thing was right. This was perfectly right. That's n- completely separate uh you didn't read the third one i asked you to read the third you one didn't, well the, the third computer. one didn't really prove my point so i didn't want to read it the third wait well, the third one is your your number nine which is almost as high it's an 89 percent match type nine is also called the peacemaker nines like to keep a low profile and let the people around them set the agenda i think that's true like you you want me to you want me to set the initiative that we're gonna like go to ikea or like you know well, you want to know this that morning we argued about this that like yesterday you just wanted to be on TikTok all day and like I'm not going to start a fight about it. Like if you want to be on TikTok all day, be on TikTok all day. I don't care. But I I'm I am harboring resentment that like, you know, these projects that we've been talking about that are my priority are something that you're willing to just let slide forever and ever. But your projects are always going to be 
The table is a perfect example. I mean, you literally woke up this morning and told me we needed to have a production meeting about <laughs> the podcast today, uh, you know, well, versus think- yesterday's approach to what was a free day for us to work on my tasks. Now, I don't know how to perfectly fit that into our personality traits, but what I do recognize is your your need for refinement and I'm not good at that. So, uh, you, so we need to help each other get these home improvement projects to the finish line. I'm, like I said, I'm good at the 99% of the painting. I am not good at, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean I, I shouldn't do it, but I am not good at the final touches because I'm just so excited I got most of it done. So that's what we need to work on. Well, that's good. It's good that we know what we're not good at. So you can't, don't hate me for not being good at it. Work with me. You know, that's, that's the key folks is don't resent the other person for what they're not good at. Uh, maybe resent them if they're not trying to grow, but I'd like to think we're both actively trying to grow. I don't think you want to feel your emotions in a negative way. I also think I need to know to let you feel your emotions. I know that it is Sunday and you're going back to work and you are going to throw a fit tonight. I don't know what the fit's going to be about. Neither do you, but it's going to happen and bring your umbrella folks. Just bring your umbrella. Know that you're going to get a little bit of an anxious tonight or today because you got to start work tomorrow and it's a shift in your energy. You're not arguing with me. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> so so that's fine. So we're going to do everything we can to limit that by uh, making sure we got all the food we need, making sure some of these projects are done and all that. And we're going to, you know, that, that, that was the point of my production meeting uh, what I wanted it to be was that I want, honey, I want you to come off under the best light possible because I think you're very special. Sometimes I pull you into the podcast when you're just not emotionally there and it's just not the best thing for either one of us. That's all. So I want, so sometimes what we'll do, oh, and I, I really, I really wanted to talk about this, but I, I, I felt like we were short on time, but I think it's, a, it's appropriate to sneak it in is I wanted to talk about procrastinating. We both do it there are different types. Now, the important thing about procrastinating is once you know why you do that procrastinating, you can work, you can fight against it. We've talked about procrastinating because we don't know the final uh, product. It's easy to make an Ikea bookshelf. It's easy. There's directions, but it's hard to write a, a, a play that you don't know the ending to. Did I send you that TikTok on procrastination? I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. But, I thought maybe um, that's what what you were using as your reference. Well, I wanted to bring this up because a lot of times we'll do the podcast end of the day because it's like, oh, we don't, let's just get everything else done. And and for me, I'm like, well, I want Well, sometimes you're working with daylight on another project or you have to run an errand while a store is open or whatever. And like, sometimes an evening podcast is what the doctor ordered. We have a beer, we have a guest over, but sometimes it feels too much like homework. And I think we, I think we deserve more and I think the audience deserves more. And I'm only saying that because last episode after we recorded I wanted to do the call your daddy call her daddy segment and you were kind of checked out and it didn't go well and um, I had to turn I turned the comments off of YouTube it just didn't go well it wasn't a good conversation that we had we could have done it a million better ways than we did well I think we had already had the conversation yeah that, off was, that, was, that was part of it and sometimes I feel like when you get your initial thoughts out you you're it feels resolved like in your brain and in your body. And then when you talk about it again, you just, you forget all of those other more nuanced things that you were 
Versus if we if you were pi- if you were and I were doing someone else's podcast, we would show up to that podcast probably under the best of circumstance. We would show up to it like we're doing work or like well, we're going to share our best. Prepared. So anyway, so that was something where I go, okay, from now on, I'd like to do a better job, which I'm not good at, at planning so that when we jump into things, we have a little bit of a framework anyway. So the thing I wanted to mention was the types of procrastinating that there are. Um, uh, why people procrastinate, uh, the psychology and cause of procrastination. If you're a procrastinator, then you've probably asked yourself at some point, why do I procrastinate so much? Or why do I keep procrastinating even though I know that it's bad for me? And there's just different reasons. Uh, I, th- I was thinking of this because like I had mentioned, I procrastinate in different ways with my creativity. The last thing I want to do during this whole pandemic is write down my set list and have a little bit of a structure there because that's the hardest thing for me to do. Uh, so, uh, and then, but, and also I wanted to call you out on what you procrastinate on from, from what I see it is, is, um, picking out the template for the, the blog you're creating. It's been, uh, it's so, well, I like, and maybe this is a type of procrastination, but I like to be able to sit down and do something all at once. I hate the idea of getting started on a project. That's going to be a multi-day project. Perfect. Just like my taxes. I, I freaking hate it. <laughs> all right. So if let me I could quickly get it read. all done in one day, it would be a no brainer but I need to have the whole day set out to do it. I told my dad the same thing when he sent me um, uh, canvases and my easel. Like I don't paint anymore because it's a a whole day process. And when I was young and I didn't have responsibilities and I had endless time on my hands, it was easy to dive in and waste a whole day painting. Hold that. So you're painting and the blog fit under the same type of procrastinating. So number one, anxious procrastination. Uh, uh, Neil Fiore, author of The Now Habit, defined procrastination as a mechanism for coping with the anxiety associated with starting or completing any task or decision. So that's your problem is you, you don't want to start something you can't finish. Uh, Fiore uh, suggested that people who procrastinate a lot are usually bad at managing their time and often end up scheduling in more work than they can actually do, leaving no time for fun activities or resting. Uh, I have that problem where I'll schedule way too much work and then I'll rush it. Uh, Fiore suggested that not fulfilling these unrealistic expectations causes stress and anxiety, which some people deal with by procrastinating, which is kind of why today I said, let's just find one home improvement thing to do so we don't procrastinate all of them. How to beat it. He suggested the unschedule as a way to combat this anxiety-driven procrastination. The unschedule method involves filling your schedule with fun activities and rest before scheduling in any work. For example, if you find yourself checking Facebook for 15 minutes at 3 p.m. every afternoon, schedule in Facebook time first and plan your work around that. This scheduled fun or downtime will give you the chance to relax and prevent you from over-scheduling. Number two, fun procrastination. The fun procrastinator would rather be doing anything except that one dreaded task. After all, there's so many fun and exciting things you could be doing instead. How can you bear to start that boring project? How to beat it? If there's absolutely no way you're going to start on that one dreaded task, try indulging in some structured procrastination. You're going to procrastinate anyway, so why not make it useful? This is kind of like, you know, working with knowing that you're going to feel the resistance. So just working with it. Um, the third one, this might be you, plenty of time procrastination. Pe- many people find it difficult to start a project when they know the deadline is a long, oh no, this is different, when they know the deadline is a long way off. This type of procrastination is clearly visible in students who often struggle to start an essay earlier than a few days before the deadline. That was me as a kid. Always wrote the paper the night before, always. Everyone. Yeah, of course. I mean, not everyone, you know, but this is a very common one, but it makes you wonder that that. This, this, you don't even have a deadline for your blog. For sure. That's been a problem with my taxes. Yeah, me too. They got pushed back. 
So you don't have a blog. I started worrying about it in January, but I knew that the deadline wasn't until April. And then I knew that the deadline got pushed and I kept telling my accountant, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> I haven't so for me, for my, for my vlogs and my YouTube videos, uh, everyone go to my YouTube, please check them out. I've been kind of setting this goal to have them released Mondays and Fridays. So sometimes I get up early, like on Friday, I was up at 7 a.m. so I could bang it out and finish it. And it's this goal I've just set for myself. No one at YouTube is saying, hey, your blog's not up. So it's very hard to set goals for yourself when there's no real reason not to. I wonder if you can have a goal set for the launch day of your blog. Not that people need to even read it. All your blogs can be in draft mode. But I wonder if there's a day where you can set where this blog's going public on this day. That's interesting, but without telling people, no, it is for you. You, but without telling people, you lose that accountability, which I think is a big part. Uh, is a big motivator. Yeah, but you can tell me. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on you, but you'll know if you're failing at something. I always mention, that, you know, how to beat it. A professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University, Dan Ariely, uh, experimented with getting his students to set their own deadlines. He gave his students three assignments and let them set their own deadlines. He hypothesized that students would choose the last day of term for the deadlines as this would give them the most time to do their work and procrastinate. In reality, the majority of students chose earlier deadlines and got better grades than those who left their work up until the last minute. The implications by setting your, yourself deadlines and announcing them publicly, you will be not only, you'll not only be able to get your work done, but you'll do a good job of it. Well, honey, if you got to set a deadline to your Instagram, people say, set it. It's sort of like doing my workout challenges. Like Absolutely. if I don't feel accountable to post the video literally every day on my Instagram, then I'm not doing it. So how are you, how can you set accountability? Just by telling your, your fr friends and family? Maybe. I think that's a great idea. This is the fourth and last one. We'll get out of here in a minute. Perfectionist procrastination. I think this also... <laughs> Tasha just had a uh, uh, procrastination orgasm. <laughs> she just closed her eye. Her eyes rolled to the back of her head. And she goes, ah, perfectionism. Well, we learned about this in Petra's book. Perfectionists are always striving for the best and as such are constantly criticizing their own work. For some perfectionists, the fear of failing or producing work to a low standard can be so overwhelming they never actually get around to starting anything. You know, it's like I started writing for Medium. Uh, I only wrote that. I need to keep going. I only wrote that one article. I need to write more than one a month. Um, but they said, publish your Medium article when it's 95% done. Yeah. That's what they said. Because they said 100% ain't going to happen. And you can always edit it after you publish it. So the same and goes like, with your blog. You can always edit any of it. Our friend, the Hollywood success coach. Erica Warnick. She says, my shitty book is better than your non-book. Right? Damn. Yeah. So, you know, something's better than nothing. Stand Even shit with mistakes in it is better than nothing. Here's where we differ, right? You live in a world where on Instagram, it's the perfect final product. Stand-up comedy, uh, it's well embraced that you need to bomb, uh, have some shitty sets in order to get a bit working. There's been plenty of times I've had you, a joke well, idea that you go out and you perform dick. your work in progress. I fail. Yeah. I fail. And it, and it hurts. Uh, but it's no different. And, um, oh man, I, did I save this? Okay. Uh, we're going to end on this last thought that I saved. It's going to, this is going to, this is going to tie in perfectly, but yeah. So, so the perfectionist aspect is something definitely like, don't beat yourself up over it. And they say how to beat it. Philosopher and professor 
Emer- Emeritus at Stanford University, John Perry, thinks procrastinating can actually be a good thing for perfectionists. As long as they have a lot of time to do a task, they fantasize about doing a perfect job. Leaving it to the last minute is, is a way of giving uh, oneself permission to do a merely adequate job. 99% of the time, a merely adequate job is all that is needed. Try looking back at the last five jobs you completed. Were they all perfect? Probably not. Were they sufficient? Chances are you've already worked to a high standard to stop yourself give, to stop giving yourself a hard time. Interesting. I d- giving putting it off till the last minute is subconsciously giving yourself permission to do a less than perfect job. Give yourself. That's wow. really interesting. That's what he just said. Yeah, that's great. Which explains why we have both types of procrastination that resonate so strongly with me. Like leaving it off till the last minute. Of course, I did that. And as you're a like, kid. oh, it's the best you're I like, could do. Oh shit! I just gotta get it done. Identifying times when you didn't do the perfect job, but the consequences were the same as if you did, will help you to overcome your perfectionist routine and stop procrastinating. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, perfection's the enemy of good, right? That's a it's a saying we've kind of said all, for a long time. I am not a perfectionist. I put a shit ton of content out there. Some of it hits, some of it doesn't. Do I wish sometimes I could be better? Uh, y- a yeah. More detail oriented, yeah. a little more refined. I do wish I, I was better. Like I love, I love writing jokes, but I have a hard time like going over them. But I think from what I know, a lot of comics feel the same way where it's like, you don't want to listen back to your tapes and, you know, taking it to the next level can be hard. You procrastinate that because it involves a lot of work. But does having like a next level video distinguish yourself from having subpar videos? Yeah. 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 But a little bit of refinement can to help boost you to the next level. But then again, something's better than nothing. Yeah. And, and we we're talking about YouTube. Uh, one of the, 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 uh, the, one of the main things in their secret algorithm is consistency. They don't always want the best. They want you to post a 10 minute video that's front loaded with your best stuff. Put your best stuff up front. Like I used to be with stand up. You do a, a headlining set. You, you have your quote unquote closer joke. You have your opener and your closer. Like in any good stand up set, they say, start with your A fill in the middle with your B material or well, try your even C. Even just writing a good speech or essay is the same thing. You stick it at, you stick the you, landing. Well, you stick your opener. That's and what you they stick say. Your landing. You know what they say now with a good story is tell, tell the whole story up front, say exactly what happened and then, and then get into it. Cause then you pique everyone's attention. You go, all right, I'm going to tell you guys the time about how I yeah. shit on a school bus in France. And people go, you give the uh, overview and then, and then you go back into it. And then the payoff is, and then that's how I shit myself on a school bus in France which is not a true story. I vomited on a school bus in France, which could be a good way to start a story. Uh, anyway, let's end here. Let's end on this last quote that I saw. I found this this morning and it sounded perfect for us. Uh, this was a good episode for us to talk about personality types. Guys, write in sexactuallypodcast.gmail.com. Let me know if you take the, the test or if you have anything to offer based on uh, procrastinating in these personality types. I think it's good whether you're single or in a relationship. I mean, I, can't, I can't imagine if you're a single person going out on dates like Jamie is, knowing your personality type and knowing what the other person might be. Because then you might not end the date by going, he's a narcissistic prick. He was too busy worrying about what his hair looked like. Oh, maybe he was just trying to impress you. You know what I mean? Is it like astrology where you can find out your best, your most compatible match? We'll have to get back into that because not according to what I saw, but there might be some, some butting heads. But I think with any personality types you can have two peas in a pod or a little bit of um some you know you know i call it pinky in the brain you know like my favorite cartoon pinky in the brain the brain's trying to take over the world and pinky's looking for a tattoo parlor they they one guy you know different people but anyway let's read this uh this is uh this is just a um 
a photo that I found that went viral on Reddit. Uh, here, let me just read it for everyone. My therapist told me something meaningful yesterday. She said, it's important to remember that when you're depressed, you have to uh, nurse yourself and be extra gentle towards yourself. Just like an athlete wouldn't break an ankle, then force themselves to run that ankle. They rest as it heals and do not think I am a failed athlete. They think right now something isn't working, so I'll take care of myself until it does. Just like a broken bone, depression can change the way your daily life plays out. And pushing yourself too hard and getting frustrated when you don't feel better is just like trying to run on that broken ankle and getting frustrated when it doesn't heal. Uh, the stay-at-home order, the pandemic, <clears throat> all these issues are a chance at self-reflection and nursing uh, these wounds. And I think that's uh, what we're all doing out here. This was an interesting one. I had a fun time. I think this was a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go ahead and rate it before I edit it. I think this was a good one. Big thanks to uh, Jamie uh, for uh, calling in. It really, it really is nice to those loyal listeners who touch base from different aspects of the world. It is nice to hear your stories. It is nice to hear uh, from all of you what's going on. A big thank you to our Patreon community. We hit 20 people. 20 of you decided that you had it within yourselves uh, to have the funds to afford our premium episodes. Those are extra episodes, three to four extra episodes a month where we do solo episodes and a little more personal stuff that we can't necessarily share with the world. We try to share it with the Patreon community. So thank you to all of you out there. DJ, big shout out to DJ. He is our newest Patreon member. Uh, thank you so much, DJ, for being part of the community. Uh, we appreciate all the faith that you guys have in us. It is a tough time uh, to come up with new content while staying at home. I mean, we redid the table, folks. Woo! <laughs> like, it is a tough time. As podcasters, when we're not interviewing people in person, uh, we've noticed um, because of the, you know, 40 million people that aren't commuting to work, that obviously translates into a dip in uh, listenership. So those of you that have stuck around, we appreciate you even more so and uh, keep sharing it with your friends, subscribing and all those things. Uh, cause I really don't want to have to do Skype, uh, interviews for the, we have to find another thing. I just, I, I like it when someone like Jamie, we can call her, but full on Skype interviews, uh, just is taking the, the charm. You know what it is, Tasha? It's part of my personality type. It takes away that response that I want that in person seeing people. That's what we do this. It, no one wants to have a virtual sandbox, can you imagine, you know, in the the quarantine really hits, everyone's just got a three-year-old sitting in a sandbox with a flat screen TV, zooming their friends in the sandbox. Not as fun to me. Well, Tasha checked out. I can see it in her eyes. <laughs> this was a little bit of a longer one. Uh, anything we can promote for you, Tasha? Is everyone going to go follow you on TikTok? What's happening? Oh, they better. Y'all, man, TikTok is really screwing me over. I had a couple of videos hit in the beginning and now they're like, you suck. We're trying and to share some side titty. Views. Yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to get Tasha's TikTok going. Uh, Give it out there for the over 30 people. Come on, folks. Please come help me out on TikTok. Turn on notifications, it, like and comment and share and save my videos and add to favorites whenever they post. Please, I need any help I can get to get me over the 115 views. <laughs> it's, it's honestly a slap in the face because I've been working so hard on making really cool TikTok videos. I've been going through all of my like old videos that are in my phone. And then and the making, dumbest one goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So please come help me out on TikTok. It's do you Tasha think underscore Courtney. Do you think your perfectionism is a, is part of a procrastination tool with TikTok? Because at first you were firing them off. Um. Well, I think at first I was just kind of figuring it out. But I think when 
TikTok really started to fuck me over. Yeah, then but then you like, took like a month off. I think I truly believe TikTok, just like YouTube, will reward people that are posting consistently. I think you post twice a day, and if it doesn't, if something doesn't take off, it doesn't shadow ban you. It just eventually they're going to go. Oh shit! This person posting twice a day. They're an active member in the community. Let's let's bump them up a little. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, everyone, go follow Tasha on TikTok at Tasha underscore Courtney and uh, my YouTube Dave Neal. I post um, either full episodes of the Saturday or short episodes, short clips. They're all on there. And uh, hey, we're making a few bucks on there. So if um, if you don't have it in the funds to be on Patreon, by all means, go to the YouTube and watch a video and watch the advertisements. I mean, honestly, it's like we get a couple bucks here and there trying to trying to grow that um, sustainable income through what we do, aren't we all? So uh, write in sexactualpodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the episode. Bye, everybody. fast.